Welcome to Living Yin, a podcast series that seeks to enlighten you about yin yoga, Chinese medicine, philosophy, and meditation. I'm Truth Robinson, and I'm a doctor of Chinese medicine and a yin yoga and meditation teacher. This podcast series seeks to unite the yin yoga practice, the anatomical theory that surrounds it, and the Chinese medicine theory which brings it all to life. My goal is to demystify Chinese medicine and to offer anatomical concepts in a digestible way, as well as offering philosophy for you to go deeper into the layers of your own consciousness. In this episode, we're going to explore the concept of the five elements, or as it's more commonly known, the five phases, the wuxing. We understand how this is a further categorization of the whole, of Tao, of yin and yang, and how we can apply it to find a state of health and notice when our life is dropping out of balance and moving into a state of dis-ease as well. Just letting you know, this podcast was actually released secretly a week before the public release. If you'd like to get your hands on this podcast or YouTube classes a week earlier than everybody else, all you need to do is head over to livingin.com subscribe to the mailing list and get an exclusive sneak preview delivered fresh into your mailbox a week before everybody else. Since we have opened our eyes to gaze upon this world, humans have desired to understand the subtle truths of their world. The ancient Chinese created one system that many yin yogis are familiar with, the five elements, also known as the five-phase theory, or more traditionally, the Wuxing. It was originally conceived by Tzu Su around 450 BCE, but later elaborated and expanded by Mengzi around 300 BCE. The five phases were first developed as its own theory, but over time, combined with the theory of yin and yang, further portrayed Tao in the process of change. The whole Wuxing system cannot be completely understood until we have learnt every piece. And there are aspects of each piece that can't be totally understood until we've learned the whole system. To understand the five phases, let's think about observing a painting of a natural vista. The whole painting represents the universe in its entirety, or Tao. When gazing upon this painting, we can notice qualities of the painting that define duality, separation, or polar opposites of interrelated phenomena within it, like the lighter areas compared to the darker areas, or the land compared to the sky, or the land compared to the lakes, or alive trees compared to dead trees. The space between them that creates individuality and separateness is yin and yang. Then there are the interacting separate parts that are both contributing towards the creation of the other parts, but competing for space within the painting. These are the five phases, or as you know them, fire, earth, metal, water, and wood. You have been listening to Living Yin podcast by Truth Robinson.
With this understanding, let's take a look at the phrase Wuxing, which is commonly understood as five elements, but perhaps translated more correctly by William Pockard as the five evolutive phases. This description animates the five static manifestations of life into a dynamic process that continually transforms into the next. Let's go back to our nature vista, which of course is actually the dynamic movements of Tao, like the earth, which is mined to collect metal. Metal then attracts the condensation of water upon nightfall. This water will nourish the plants to grow and create wood. The wood will then decay and become earth, which will gift us more metal, and the cycle will continue again. In this way, the five evolutive phases are the qualitative standard that allows us to characterize the functional dynamics of the whole. What we can see from the previous example then is the whole, or Tao, is considered a closed energetic system. In other words, everything in the system is dependent on and relates to everything else in the system. Let's take another example of a closed energetic system and how the parts break down. We know that Tao is nothing or no thing, no duality, no change, no time, no space. From this one point, which is void of all description and location, came space, which gave us something, as we can now orientate and describe, and so, therefore, designate the different parts, like light and dark, or as it is known, yin and yang. This interplay between light and dark, due to space, finds our way towards the five phases. And so the five phases are merely the harmonizing yet competing different parts of the whole, like the colors of the rainbow, as if that light and dark were interplay and split through that crystal into further parts. None of those colors is Tao, but one can describe the dynamic movement of the parts of Tao. This idea was inspired by observing the underlying forces which govern the cycles of nature. This Chinese philosophy also asserts that these same forces also organize our bodies. Each and every part of nature, like the plants, animals, and even humans, collectively depict nature in its organization of the whole, through the process of harmony and simultaneous conflict. Like the seasons... There are forces in nature that expand and contract and sustain us. This concept is very similar to the Hindu cosmological notion of the universe, where Brahma is the creator, the expander, Vishnu is the preserver or the sustainer, and Shiva is the destroyer, the contractor. The most common way of seeing how these energies play out for each of the elements is their correlation to the energies of the season. Again, to use the term season is not static. Rather, there are parts of summer that will feel more like spring initially. And ultimately, at the end of summer, it will start to feel a little bit like autumn. There's no one day of summer they could be specifically said that that is summer. It is always this process of change, a spectrum of the evolutive phase. Each of the five seasonal phases 
has its own energetic nature and predetermined interaction with the other season. Winter is a sustained contraction of the dormant seed-like potential. Then spring arrives. With an enthusiastic expansion as the seedling breaks free of the husk. Summer represents the sustained expansion of the seedling into this giant tree. Autumn comes as the tree's momentum falters and begins contracting as it sheds its seeds and leaves. Those seeds lay dormant in a contracted state during winter to await the beginning of the cycle again. There's a constant change from one to the next, yet each contributes to supporting the annual cycle as a whole. There was one season I didn't mention, which is what the Chinese like to call late summer, or harvest. The energy of harvest is one of the consolidation of our efforts after a long cycle, a time to pause, to nourish, to create a foundation for the next stage of life. Like the pause between the breaths, it's a moment to pause before moving into the next expression. Late summer can be better thought of as then late season, and is, in fact, the last 18 days of each of the seasons. Late season is a still point or the balance between the shift from one energy to the other, like moving from yin to yang, or yang to yin as in summer moving into autumn. It's a time of consolidation to build the energy to inspire the transformation into each of the next season or phase. You have been listening to Living Yin, a podcast by Truth Robinson. All things in nature, including the elements, transform and give birth to the next. This is reflected in our human, personal, social, and political activities. Together, we are individually so different, but together, we also make up the whole of existence. Within the body, there are transformative phases and energies that mimic the phases of the natural world. An example is the tissues and organs whose physical nature emulate the five evolutive phases or elements. The flow of our own life also mimics that of nature. Gestation is a time for winter, the water element. The time of birth is a time of spring or the wood element. This big growth and expansion is summer, it's the fire element. When we get to that point of maturing, it's this late summer, this earth element. And then we move to the degenerating, and this is the end of life as we move through our autumn or metal element. And then finally, death, back into the state of winter and the water element. The five evolutive phases are generally depicted by a five-pointed star or pentagram shape placed inside a circle. Each point of the pentagram is a phase or element. The diagram describes the functional energetic relationship between the elements, like the interrelationships between the organs, or the interrelationships between the emotions, and the interrelationships between the organs and the emotions. What we begin to see is the relationships between the organs and the seasons, or between the seasons and the emotions, create a vast list of possible interrelationships. 
The five-pointed symbol in a circle's relationships are called the Shang-Ke cycles and are described by the lines of the circles and the pentagram. The circle that surrounds the pentagram also links up to the elements and this is called the Shang cycle or nourishing cycle or mother-child relationship. It depicts each element's ability to nourish and strengthen the next one on the circle. Therefore, fire increases earth. Like when a tree decays or is burnt, it becomes new earth. Earth then nourishes metal, like the mining of the vast resources of metal from the earth. Earth will generate water, like water condensing on metal when left outside overnight. Water enhances wood like water which nourishes the roots of the tree to grow. And the wood strengthens the fire, like the fire being stoked by more wood. The pentagram on the inside of the circle describes the cur or controlling cycle or grandparent-grandchild cycle. We can see that fire controls metal, like metal being reshaped by the fire. Metal controls wood like the falling of a tree with an axe. Wood controls earth by creating abundant root systems and so reducing available nutrients or the quality of the earth. Earth controls water, like a lake being filled in by a landslide. And lastly, and obviously, water controls fire, as water extinguishes fire. But energy can flow in the opposite direction as well, like when it flows in the opposite direction of the nourishing or sheng cycle. This is when the child pushes energy back at the mother, and this is called one element overacting on another. An example of this is when water generates wood, then the tree's roots suck up all the water, stopping the flow of water. The other wood around then withers and dies, creating erosion until the soil has less quality and can no longer support plant life. An organ that overacts on its own nourishing element will cause its own demise, like the wood that drew all that energy out of the earth and so could not sustain itself. This occurs if the overacting element is in excess, or if the promoting element is in deficiency. It also flows in the opposite direction of the controlling or cur cycle, We call this the insulting cycle. Grandchild pushes the energy back towards the grandparent. This can be understood in nature, as you can see metal smoldering the fire, fire evaporating water. Water will wash away the earth, earth being too dense for wood to grow from, wood being too strong for metal to cut through and so shattering it. Each of these imbalances depicts a specific dis-ease pattern and become more obvious when we learn about the organ system and how they interact. We begin to notice the subtle energies of our body and how they act to create a state of balance or ease within us. We notice the shifting seasons of our being and how by making subtle changes to our mind, our diet, and our lifestyle, we can begin to create harmony between the different parts of the body's ecosystem. When all parts are harmonized and in balance with each other, we begin to experience a state that is free from dis-ease. This ultimate expression of nature in harmony or nature expressing Tao within our being is finally realized. 
in this way, we will begin to find balance within our work life, our family life, our community, and ultimately, our being. Join me next time when I discuss each of the individual elements. Just another heads up, this podcast was actually released secretly a week before the public release. If you'd like to get your hands on this podcast or YouTube classes a week earlier than everybody else, all you need to do is head over to livingin.com, subscribe to the mailing list, and get an exclusive sneak preview delivered fresh into your mailbox a week before everybody else. Thanks for joining me. I'm Truth Robinson. You can follow me on Instagram at Truth Robinson, or if you'd like to donate to support this podcast, grab a living in singlet or train with me in yin yoga online or in person. Go to livingyin.com. One last thing, by submitting a review on iTunes, you're giving the gift of this podcast to so many other people. And even though I love seeing all the beautiful reviews, and I really do, it's way more exciting to know that your review is stimulating so many yin yoga journeys all around the world. That has to be the easiest gift you've ever given me.